Good morning, Katiana. How are you? Good morning. I'm all right. How are you guys? <laughs> good, good. I see you're in your car. I, you're obviously parked somewhere safe by the road. Okay, yes. yes. Katiana, as parents, should we or how much should we be pushing mm. our kids? I think that pushing our kids is necessary to an extent, right? Um, I'm not a, a complete supporter of the idea of letting kids kind of do whatever they want with kind of zero incentive and zero mm. direction. But at the same time, I feel that parents need to be very aware that there's a line with which they can't cross. Um, and that line is 100% dependent on your child's um, abilities, on right. your child's personality, on their age. Um, so the short answer is yes, we should be pushing our kids but we should be listening to them as well okay so if our child has mentioned that they want to achieve something how responsible mm. should we be to push mm-hmm. them to achieve their dreams mm. you know i think that with kids when they have something clear in mind oftentimes just because of how um, young they are they might not even be fully aware of the steps in order to get to that goal right mm. so you know a parent's role could be very well helping them identify those steps and helping them have clear um you know executable realistic guidance Guidelines, which allow them to achieve those goals, right? So definitely a parent needs to be around to help a child with that because given their neurological immaturity, it is very, very easy for kids to kind of maybe uh, shoot for something that's a little bit unrealistic in the time frame given maybe, um, mm. or they might kind of be a little bit too harsh on themselves when they see other older kids achieving right. things a lot better. So definitely parents need to help with um charting out those steps um, but if your child hits a roadblock or if your child expresses no longer wanting to achieve those goals then that's where you really need to listen um, and determine whether your child is just in a phase where they need a little bit of reassurance and motivation mm-hmm. and kind of a boost to their self-confidence um, or whether they're genuinely telling you that they're done. On that though because mm. kids, you know how kids are even when we were growing up, we are like hey this looks fun, I really want to get mm, into yeah. this and then you're in it for for a week I'm really mm. into it and after that you just kind of lose interest right so what if mm-hmm. we parents see potential mm. or talent or whatever this way to call it right mm-hmm. and then it's what you said they want to give up the kid wants to give up what do mm-hmm. we do then do we continue to push do we leave them alone mm. let's talk about that next what if our kids choose to give up Ooh. on doing something that they say they really wanted to do do we continue mm. to push them or do we kind of go okay your life Mm -hmm. well you know understand kind of what's the motivation for why they want to give up right Um, I mean taking it from experience I did ballet for 10 years and I eat that yeah when I was little I started when I was Mm. four I ended when I was 14 and then one day I came home and I told you know my family I no longer wanted to do it and it came as a complete shock Um, my family being the super supportive family that they were were like yeah you know you don't have to continue but but as an adult retrospectively the reason why I didn't want to continue was because some of the kids in the class were not being very nice to me and so this is something that i think if i had the opportunity to address i would have definitely you know probably wanted to find a solution for it because i was like one exam away from getting like the like grade eight like i would have been done you know so i think that there are usually it feels like very very big triggers but often with kids again going back to sort of the emotional regulation and Mm. and neurological immaturity things that might not be very big like maybe not being able to join a clique of friends able to do a particular thing that everyone will impact them pretty severely right so 
if it is something of that nature, then definitely parents need to be able to reassure them and things like that. And you'll only know this when you have a conversation with your child and right. understand kind of, you know, so saying something like, but you know, you've been doing really well and you've been really enjoying it. What changed? You know, having mm-hmm. those types of conversations, I think is important. Yeah, I've had those conversations with my kiddo, uh-huh. dropper, wanting to stop stuff. And it's been interesting. Some of them valid, like he just can't do those particular moves because mm-hmm. of, you know, um, having dyspraxia, for example. And mm. other things were easily remedied with a conversation. So I, I hear you on that. I just didn't realize right, what right. I was doing. So yeah. if you know a child has decided they're not interested, whether it was something the parent thought would be amazingly cool that they could do because they thought that the kid was really good at something or not, mm. how do mm. we as parents come to terms with knowing that our child isn't interested anymore? Interest is half the battle, right? That's what everyone is saying, even like with career choices and stuff. So I think that you know the best way to encourage a child to do something is to ensure that they're invested in it and to ensure that they enjoy it. If you're pushing your child because it's something that you want them to do or it's an accolade that you never got to achieve, (laughs) then you're kind of doing it for you and not for them, which means that they're probably going to need constant pushing and reassurance because they're not in it for themselves. Mm. So I would say if you see potential in your child, communicate it to them. So if you feel like your child has potential, but he or she is kind of like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, then point out those those areas and see if that does the trick. And if the child is still adamant that he or she doesn't want to do this for whatever reason, you kind of have to listen. Right. Yeah. Now, it's funny that you mentioned uh, this little thing earlier, because some parents who wanted to achieve greatness in a field but mm-hmm. failed to do so, uh, live mm. their dreams through their kids. Now, is that a yep. fair statement? Let's talk about this more next. Katjana, you know, parents always think the best of their kids and mm. there's nothing wrong with that. But in your opinion, are we sometimes too blinded by our love that we, you know, continue to push them in a direction that they're really struggling with? Ooh, tiger moms. Mm. Or, or parents. Yes. Yeah, I think there's nothing wrong in thinking that your child can do anything and be anyone. But at the same time, remember that you are going to be the sort of guide in helping your child understand what is realistic and what is not, right? And when I say this is that we have to help our children manage their expectations because life experience has not yet come into play extensively for them. You know, most of them have only been around for, you know, less than two decades. We're looking Mm -hmm. at teens and below. And so this is not, you know... um, they aren't necessarily going to be in a position where they can understand that there are certain goals that are, you know, realistic, right? There are certain goals that are uh, achievable, you know, again, within a certain time frame or so. So it is our job to be able to educate them on that because if they continue to believe that I can be the Prime Minister of Malaysia by the time I'm 15, mm. right, say for example, then not achieving that goal and not being given the awareness that that is really unrealistic for anybody on earth will start to make them feel like they're failing will start to make them feel like they're not good enough so this is where that role Mm. that parents and teachers play in order to give children very executable targets and goals is super important so even though you are 100% allowed to think that your child can be anything and anyone you need to be able to put that in a perspective where if you have a child who is struggling kind of let them go at things at their own pace you know what I mean okay so (laughs) 
in in your personal experience then going off this do you think as parents we sometimes tend to want to live vicariously through our child especially if it's hmm. something that we couldn't achieve ourselves which is why we don't let go of this yeah, thing we push so hard absolutely I think that I mean and I think we're, we're human in that sense right I mean we can't help it especially something that you know we might not have had the opportunity to do because maybe our finances were not great growing up or mm. we didn't have access those are the types of things that are so personal to us that we will kind of push a little too hard maybe for our kids to do them to fulfill these sort of unachievable goals that we were not able to get for ourselves right or these these dreams we couldn't fulfill so that's definitely something that's a real issue and I think a big contributing factor to a lot of parents pushing their kids right so you know I, I feel that you know parents kind of have to understand and this is probably going to be a very unpopular opinion but parents kind of have to understand that you bring a child into the world in order to create a you know human being that can contribute to society and all of that stuff and mm. you know we kind of need to stray away from the idea that kids are your second opportunity to live <laughs> yeah. your life yes preach sister you know? exactly <laughs> and I know yeah. I'm gonna get a lot of eye rolls for saying that so, um, I actually it, agree with that it's true yeah, yeah I do yeah because a lot it's of, really true yeah I I worry that you know what it's a good thing I didn't have kids right because I would be like you're gonna be the next Roger Federer you know that right that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm a failed tennis star right but yeah. let's talk about this more now if let's say a child is good in sports music whatever it is right uh, to the point of being gifted not just mm. good but really good at it mm. gifted right and then we schedule their life around that just exclusively right. is mm. it too much focus on that and does that become a problem let's talk about that next with gifted children parents tend to focus their child on that special area mm-hmm. is it to the detriment of other equally if not more important areas that the child misses mm-hmm. out on I think you know we have to try to give our kids as much of a well-rounded experience as possible because again they're not going to be able to determine at this stage whether or not their academics are going to matter they're not going to determine whether social settings or social Socialization is going to matter. It's all about for them something that they love and something that they're good at. And that it is very easy for them to kind of make that their whole world, right? So we should be able to be giving them a balance. We should be forcing our kids to go out and play, you know, even though they are super gifted and all of these Mm -hmm. things. But if your child is, like you said, very, very talented and you have the means to be able to have all of these supports in place, then go ahead. But do it because it is something that your child um, thrives in. It's something that they enjoy. Um, there have been a few cases, and I actually watched um, a documentary on this about one of the previously national gymnasts in the U.S. who had gone through something like this and at around the age of, like, I think, 14, decided she no longer wanted to compete. Mm. And the family had done, you know, huge things and relocated, and there were all of these things. And, of course, there was a lot of conflict and stress over feeling like, you know, there was so much that was put into this, and then now she no longer wanted to do it right so that's kind of where a lot of the parents feeling like I've wasted so much money I've wasted so much time Mm. you know and they push but then you know you're going to need to remember that if your child is no longer invested that is more money and time you're going to be wasting on something that your child is no longer going to be putting half their heart Mm. into you know so I would say if your child backs out do the same thing talk to them see if it's something that you can work through um, but if it's not then you know you kind of have to heed your kid I think I've, I've, I have actually read of a couple of stories and also there's been a couple of amazing books written on mm. um, hothouse kids and you know <laughs> just basically them 
fizzing out themselves, having complete burnout because that's either all they've sort of done and they've just yeah. literally no interest anymore, but it actually affects the rest of their life because they're not necessarily so well-rounded in other areas, yeah. which yeah. obviously makes sense, right? That they then have a lot of self-esteem issues and, 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 and have a lot of sort of problems in that area of life and just mm-hmm. getting on mm-hmm. as a result. And it affects their mental health as well. Like Again, I've also read mm-hmm. some articles about, like, for example, kids who went to college on uh, football scholarships or basketball scholarships mm. who had career-ending injuries yes. um, who you know felt that they no longer had a purpose in life they didn't know that there was anything else they were good at and that can severely take severely take a toll on your mental health mm. because you know even in my practice I tell people it is never advisable to put your entire sense of self on one thing whether it's a person a career of a, a purpose because if that one thing starts to fall apart, your whole world does, right? So you should always be able to have, um, I call this in, in my clinic, I call this emotional real estate, right? So you're right. supposed mm. to give as much real estate as you can away so that if one area kind of starts messing up, you're not going to have your whole world crumble around you. It's kind of like in business, you do a risk assessment, a what if kind of moment, yes. right? Interesting. Hmm. Now, obviously, you, as you mentioned this earlier, parents obviously want the best for their children. So let's talk about boundaries, limits, and knowing when it's, well, I suppose, too little pushing, too much pushing. Mm. Let's talk mm-hmm. about that next. So how do we push our kid without overdoing it? <laughs> <laughs> how blunt. You right know, now. it's just an easy question to answer. There you go. No, it really isn't because there is no set guideline, right? I mean, every kid uh, responds differently. Like even my mom and I have this chat often. She's got two kids and she said to me that very early on, she realized that both of the kids function very differently mm. like I was one of those like tough love like prove people wrong kind of kids and my brother needed a lot of like you know kind of like reinforcing him and showing him he could do it so it was a comp- she felt like she had to relearn parenting when my brother was born and so I think that it's the same for any parent you're gonna see some kids respond to different things right mm. so cater your approach to that if your child is a little bit more sensitive then tough love is definitely not what you want to do and you know encouraging them and kind of having them realize their potential is the direction you want to go in um but you know if all is lost one question parents can ask themselves is what would i respond to right that mm. could be a good place to start because some parents will oh, tell me i don't know where wow. to start yes with wow so if you feel that getting you know tough love is something oh that my you god i'm a terrible mother <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Excuse me, I'm having a moment here. Uh, no. no, you're fine. You're fine. Oh my god. Yeah. You think you overpushed him? I just no. I was just thinking about a conversation last night, right? And I was just so because I wasn't feeling well, and I was just so irritated. And I just we're having a conversation about ending uh, a, a class. Mm. And uh, yeah, I gave tough love when seriously, if I was in his shoes, uh, all I needed was a hug. So get emotional, but I'm taking from this because I can go home and I can fix it. Thank you. It's all a learning experience. No, thank you for saying that because I think, you know, this is a learning curve for everyone, right? And so I think that, you know, if you realize that you have, you know, kind of made a misstep, you always can go back and kind of explain things and kind of cover that up, you know, because we can only kind of do what we can, you know, it's hard for us to 100% kind of know what works for our child. So yeah, it's a learning curve. Don't beat yourself up. I suppose that'll be the advice we take away today then. Yes. It's a learning curve. <laughs> Just make sure you're learning on the curve. Yes, yes, on the curve, you know, and listen to your kids. If your kids need something, if they need a cuddle, don't tell them they don't need a cuddle. <laughs> if your child needs to cry, don't tell them that they can't cry. And boys can cry too, by the way. Absolutely. Don't tell boys they can't. So yeah, that's what I would say to parents. <laughs> 